Okay, so welcome back to And Now You Know, a podcast created to open minds and give factual information about people and or events. In this episode, we travel back to another time when life wasn't as stressful as today, or was it? Hickman County, Kentucky is known to be the home of Columbus Belmont State Park, a park most recognized as being the site of a Confederate fortification during the Civil War. The small town nestled on the east bank of the mighty Mississippi River was once considered to be a strong candidate to become the nation's capital. Now, I actually grew up in Hickman County, so I'm familiar with that area, been to Columbus Park many times. But in Columbus, a state historical marker remains that declares Columbus was proposed as the nation's capital after the War of 1812. While the legend still remains in the area, we know this never came to fruition. 9.7 miles east of Columbus, you will find another small town, Clinton, which became known as the county seat in 1829. While the violence that would derive from a nation's capital city could be overwhelming, Hickman County, more specifically Clinton, did not escape the vicious turmoil. According to John Kelly Ross Jr., a Hickman County historian, the Columbus Dispatch in 1871 reported that several rapes had occurred within the Jackson Purchase. One in particular hit home as two white men were arrested and charged for a rape in Hickman County. Now, during this time period, the citizens would attempt and sometimes succeed to take justice into their own hands. The editor of the Columbus Dispatch, Robert Summers, encouraged the vigilante justice in the past, but this particular case possibly changed Summers' mind. The reported rape infuriated many citizens of Hickman County, and a small group of men decided to go to the jail and bust the two rapists out of jail. The intent of the group was not to assist in any escape. No, it was for the purpose of bringing justice for the citizens. Now, the Columbus Dispatch reported that around midnight one night, the posse rode to the jailer's house and demanded that he turn over the keys. The mob wanted the rapists so they could punish the two criminals themselves. This was known to be the second jail built in Hickman County and was reportedly made of logs, thus making it an easy breakout by today's standards. Instead, I'm sure the jail was heavily fortified with other material along with the logs. Jailer Henry Winters told the group, Nick's habeas corpus neri key. Now, without an exact translation, it is possible Jailer Winters told the group they were neither getting the bodies nor the key. Jailer Winters must have known about the impending posse's arrival as he had already formed a group of his own to guard the said prisoners. The mob saw that they were not going to be successful, so they left without violence and, more importantly, without the two rapists. Jailer Winters anticipated another attack, according to John Ross, as more guards were placed over the jail. One Wednesday night, another group of masked men, this time numbering to about 25, arrived and again demanded the keys to the jail. The posse told Jailer Winters they wanted the two rapists or they would have him. Now, the jailer would have nothing of the such and told him so. He even solidified his stance by firing a load of buckshot at the nearest man. A volley of gunfire erupted, and once the shooting stopped, everyone went their separate ways. Now, Henry Winters was successful in his position as jailer and later became sheriff of Hickman County. As a sheriff is elected to uphold the law, Winters went to a county residence on December the 30th, 1887, to serve an arrest warrant on Samuel Price Jr. Now, Winters must have expected trouble as he took a posse of men with him to the home of Price's mother. But Winters arrived around 10 p.m. and ordered Samuel Price to come outside and surrender. 
Price presented himself and was arrested. His brother-in-law and mother did not like what was happening, so they also exited the house and began to cause a commotion. This distraction gave Price the opportunity to retreat back inside the residence. Now, when he returned, Samuel Price had a double-barrel shotgun. It is unknown what the original charge in the warrant was for, but Price decided he wasn't going back to jail. He then shot Sheriff Winters in the abdomen using both barrels. The sheriff sustained serious injuries and, according to Winters' great-great-grandson, the late Major Wiley Winter, the sheriff was taken to Dave Johnson's house where he succumbed to his injuries on Saturday, December 31st, 1887. The story doesn't stop here. No, now Price escaped and to avoid capture, he traveled to Weekly County, Tennessee. The search for Price continued for six weeks until U.S. Marshal Brizendine of Fulton learned of Price's whereabouts in Weekly County and captured him. Samuel Price was taken to Dresden, Tennessee to await extradition back to Kentucky. According to news reports, it was probable that the citizens of Hickman County would hang Price without a judge or jury. Now, Price was eventually taken back to Clinton, but this time the new brick jail constructed in 1878 would house him along with other prisoners. Now, on a side note, the third jail was patterned after the one in Graves County and cost $6,500. It was located on the corner of South Washington Street and Mayfield Road in Clinton, according to Hickman County resident Virginia Jewell. The murder of the great friend of the citizens, who also was fortunate to be the sheriff, enraged the county residents. Vigilante justice was going to make another appearance. A group of citizens went to the brick Hickman County Jail and broke Samuel Price Jr. out along with another prisoner, Bill Reams. Now, Reams was an African-American and was charged after killing a white restaurant owner, Mr. J.P. Jackson. Now, it was reported that Reams had been caught stealing Jackson's chickens. Jackson recognized Reams and told him to stop stealing his chickens. Reams replied by pulling a revolver out and shooting Jackson. Mr. Jackson died the next day. The mob, some of whom did not care to hide their face by mask, took Price and Reams to a convenient sycamore tree and lynched them both. Their bodies were permitted to hang until after daylight. Authorities then removed their bodies and buried them. Now, as for Price's brother-in-law, he was later sentenced to a life sentence in the penitentiary. Old Mrs. Price had her case continued and was released on a $1,000 bond. This lynching was thought to be the last in Hickman County, Kentucky. The lynchings were thought of to be bad for business and possibly scaring off northern investors, according to John Ross. Oh, uh, getting back to the rapists who were uh, the citizens wanted to break out of jail several years prior. The two men were convicted on their charges and sentenced to 20 years in the penitentiary. Now, not long after, the citizens of Pickman County decided the witnesses weren't credible in that case and possibly made things up. The two men were also young and probably had good character. Upstanding citizens with name recognition signed petitions and sent them to the Honorable Luke Blackburn, governor of the state of Kentucky. Now, it's believed that Governor Blackburn granted the pardons and both men had their day in court. It is also known that Governor Blackburn was not only a philanthropist, but also a physician. It's interesting also that he was the only governor to have been a physician until 2003, when Ernie Fletcher was elected to serve as the 60th governor for Kentucky. 
And now, you know.